Didn't start. It didn't take. It didn't take. What's that mean? I'm gonna drink more coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready do some real close up, real mic'd up coffee sips. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like this. Tribe coffee. Man, that goes down smooth. <sighs> it's like a Folgers commercial. <laughs> All right, let's go. Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Goose Mills. I'm Dusty Parker, call sign Shadow. All right. we uh, Dusty, uh, what do you want to talk about today on the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we usually have topics and guests. Let's just see what comes up. Yeah. Cool. I'll just drink some coffee. I love that hat, by the way. Keep staring Thanks. at it. Yeah. yeah. They can't see it. Looking good. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll be on video. <laughs> and then I'll have, to, uh, I know. I'll have to shower before the podcast when we're on video. <laughs> yep. You know, we had a great patch class online training this morning. Um, one of the things that goes into a patch class is there's several different online trainings. Yeah, what's a patch class? Where we we discuss how to be better ambassadors for Christ. And so the, the patch, you know, is the third level of membership in Men's Alliance. So you got your call sign, right. and then you got your coin, Right. And then you got your patch. So each one gets progressively more difficult to earn. The patch is our culmination. It's really why we exist. It's really why Men's Alliance exists. It's to to not just uh, do weekly workouts yeah. around a fire, right? It's to it's to that's where we build our brotherhood. Right. That's where we create that tribe. But then we want to take men and move them down the path. Yeah. of discipleship to actually you can look back and you can say like i am definitely a better uh disciple for christ than i was a year or two ago yeah and the way we do that's through the patch and we have a couple pieces of online training that we do together and then we have a field training exercise yeah. that we do um and that's definitely memorable and we we don't do, we don't give the details about right. what that involves but i promise you 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 won't forget it Class O two, <laughs> that's right. So we're working on class zero four right now, yeah. And then we've got North Carolina class zero one coming up uh, this summer, and then that's Virginia awesome. class zero five will uh, culminate in October here. So we're looking right now to do about three per year, um, maximum of three per year per state. So we're constantly adding new states and adding new classes to be able to reach more men through our patch. But this morning, um, the training that we did online this morning was so awesome. So we had um, about, do you remember how many guys were on there? Maybe 20 something? Some, yeah. 20 something guys. 20, yeah. And so there's, there's a dozen guys in a patch class, but then we encourage guys who've already earned their patches to, to keep 
right. participating. And so that's why there's, there's more, um, but it just really got me thinking after we finished that and I'm driving over here to do this podcast about the way churches are reaching men in this country or and, not, or not reaching. Yeah. And, and about how unique what we were doing this morning was and how unique everything that we're doing in men's Alliance is. Right. So going to give you a question here, shadow, what comes to your mind when you think about men's ministry in churches across America? Well, until I came here, moved here like three years ago, my old church and pretty much throughout my life, I mean, it was like a men's breakfast, like once a year. I know some people yep. say once a month, it was, it's once a year and then maybe a wild game dinner. Yeah. That's also once a year. It's like, Oh, something for the men's coming. And I would get excited. I, something mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I helped cook for the wild game dinner and then that's it. Then it's like, all right. They know we like to, to eat. Yeah. And that's sometimes as far as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy that it's like that, like that is the norm. Yeah. Maybe it's because churches think men don't have time for it because they're working, I guess. I really don't know. It's like sometimes it's not even on a pastor's radar. It's you know, like, I've yeah, been to, I don't know why we don't, or they, they, they are totally satisfied with, we do a men's breakfast once a year. Yeah. yeah. I don't have time for anything we else. We checked that box. You know? Yeah. Can, you know, so I've been to churches, men's breakfasts, where there's no pastor there. Like the pastor didn't yeah. even show up at the men's breakfast, several men's breakfasts in a row. Yeah. Right. So let me clarify. I'm not talking about he was out of town that one time. Right. Like it's, it's not that uncommon for yeah. them to just not be there. Like, yeah, it's this thing going on. Right. And you talk yeah. to these, yeah, I've, you know, I've moved around a lot yeah, traveling with the air force. And right. that's one of the hardest things is finding a new church right. everywhere you move, you try a new church. You, so your church one, shop, it, your church yeah. shopping, it begins with what do you have for men? Right. What's your men's ministry? And the, the answer is always going to be, oh, yeah, we have a great men's ministry. We do a breakfast. Yeah. Or, or an Bible annual study. dinner. Or if, you know, you get in the in the know, you get invited to the breakfast that meets once a week with, you know, the 65, 70 year old dudes that meet at the local, the diner. one that's not at the church. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. not like an official. No. It's like the, uh, well, it's like there's a prayer, this one a group breakfast. of guys and they prayer, made it. Yeah. Prayer, prayer barrel, prayer breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I went to this one church where I was there for at least eight years or so. And then they started doing a men's breakfast like once a year. And it was big thing. Bunch of people would go to it. But each year it progressively got smaller. Mm. Like the last time I went, like it went from the big gym atorium. Yeah, big start. Yeah. With pancakes, the whole nine yards. And then each year it got less and less interest for I don't know what reason. The last year I went, it was in like the fellowship classroom with a box, a box of, of donut, donut holes. I was just thinking that. Yeah, a box of donut holes and yeah. a box of Dunkin' Donut coffee. Oh, like man. maybe a bagel and there was like 10 guys there i was like i tell what you what I, in my mind as you're pick as you're describing this yeah. in my mind i want to walk into that room with a sledgehammer <laughs> and smash the box <laughs> yeah. of donuts but i was just like what happened it's like, like we're going how outside happen like this we're going sucks. outside and building a fire <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> dude it was terrible and so you know it just you know the other thing before i move on from that uh that, that 
cr- super cringy to me when churches incorporate this into their their annual dinner or their quarterly breakfast or whatever it is. When they incorporate things that are like caricatures of men, yeah. it's the best they can think of. For example, like if it's um if the men's breakfast, it's like uh it's got like a duct tape or camouflage theme. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, men like this, right? You yeah. know, it's like everything's flannel. Come on out. It's yeah. a, you know, and you're like, is that is that your best guess at right. what you think men are right. men are like? Yeah. Right. I feel like maybe maybe they're having trouble reaching men because yeah. they don't understand men i guess so yeah you know so yeah I, I would agree that's a big part of what else comes to mind Dude, not a whole lot i mean it kind of <laughs> just like when i think of men's ministry in most churches i think it sucks i mean yeah. honestly sometimes i've seen uh you know kind of stretching my brain here what else are they doing uh, an annual golf tournament. Yeah. You I know, was a part of a church. I grew up in a yep. church that did that. It was called, uh, it was golf backwards. So flog. Oh, geez. And it stood for something. <laughs> it stood for something. It was an acronym. Yeah. And something God was the G. I okay. <laughs> that's how, yeah. that's how impactful it was. Yeah. That's how sticky that message was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're not, you know, golf, you know, that's the kind of thing that, and and I don't I'm not bashing golf because uh, just because I don't play it because yeah part of what I think should be going on in churches for men's ministry is it should be a ton of different things being offered yeah to men right so that there should be yeah there should be a men's breakfast yeah and it should be like regularly occurring and there should be men's golf tournament and there should be men's alliance and there should be men's Bible study and there should be men's yeah running group and cycling group and basketball and softball right like you can't bash any of it right but you but use need one all as a platform to p- push the next one right yeah. you need all of it because men yeah. have different interests right and so i think what we need to see in this country is churches that are offering a ton of stuff on their men's ministry buffet if you will yeah right to to try to reach men in general and not just check in the box with one yeah, one let's thing. Have, let's meet hunters. Yeah, that's with the wild game dinner. Although the wild game dinner that I was a part of was pretty top notch. They say I've been to one wild game dinner. Yeah, at a at a church in this area, and it was off the hook. Yeah, it was amazing. Like you could they have put on. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't put on a better. Yeah annual event. The problem with it is it's an annual event. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, um. To me, the thing that makes um, for something that's not a great <laughs> men's event is if you can walk away from that event and not have band of brothers, yeah, their contacts in your phone, right, right. right? right. So if it's superficial, yeah. then it's not enough. And maybe that should be our motto. If it's superficial, it's not enough. If you're a pastor or a staff member at a church and you're 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 listening to this and you're wondering. You know, if you if you're doing men's ministry right, maybe that's your litmus test. Yeah, is if it is it just superficial? Can guys right. come to this thing every year or every month and uh, not they be not, real? Right? Are they not? Are they walking in not knowing where to sit or who to sit with? You know, have you ever been in that boat where you're oh, like, yeah. uh, "Is this seat taken?" You're just sitting with a table full of dudes that you've never seen before. Yeah, it's like 
I know you and I don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's a men's alliance event for sure. So, um, what do you think shadow? And we're talking about kind of like the broad strokes stereotypes. Yeah. Obviously there are ex- churches that are amazing exceptions to this, but right. what do you, what do you think many churches are not understanding about men? Probably just how much they need it. I think pastors sometimes can only, they think everybody else is like them and they're doing their devotions every day and stuttering, studying for a sermon each week. Maybe they don't see the need that men have for friendships, not just the need for truth and, you know, biblical truth and how to defend it, but just the need for friendships. Yeah. And that you need to have things in your church for no other reason than to give guys someone to hang out with other than their families, you know, you know, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's a, I think it's a myth that men don't make friendships as well as women and men don't talk as much as women. That is a myth that we just keep hearing repeated in this culture. From my experience, dude, guys will talk your head off. Right. Right. Not all of them, but not all women either. Yeah. Right. And so I see that as a myth. I think men are incredible at making friends and talking your your head off and they need it and they want it. And I've also seen the opposite true with women. I've seen women that, that don't open up and don't talk and don't make friends. Right. So until they, until they get right, until they get in a comfortable enough situation where they are, you know, they do open up. Not everybody is on the same, you know, speed. So I think a lot of, I don't think it's just for that reason alone is a big enough reason for a lot of churches to create a ministry, you know, a stronger men's ministry. I think that a lot of churches have surrendered the territory of men's hearts. Yeah, They've just given up on that battlefield and they've written it off and they've said, men are just too hard to reach. It's too difficult. We'll check the box with this annual breakfast. And then if, you know, we'll say, well, men just don't really like that. Men don't have time for that, like you said. Yeah. Or men just aren't interested in that, right? When in fact, all that is false. Men have the time. Men are incredibly interested. And men need it. They want it. And they know they need it. Yeah. Right? We're, we're craving friendships and yeah. connections and everything. I think that's why the series Band of Brothers yeah. is such a huge hit. Because... Right just the title alone, yeah. right? That comes from Shakespeare, right? Right. It comes from Henry V by Shakespeare that every man wants a band of brothers. Yeah. And we don't know how to get it. Right. And the closest thing... If I wasn't in the military, yeah. then I don't... I guess the, you know, the ship has passed for me. Yeah. I should have joined the military. You know, yeah. that's just what the guys always say. Yeah. And it's like, you can find a band of brothers. That's right. And... And so, you know, I think that the the closest place guys know to to try to get a band of brothers is at their church. Right. And so they go there to the small group or the breakfast, and that's what they're looking for. That's what they're hoping for. Right. They're not there for the bacon. Yeah. They're there hoping to find that band of brothers. And I would say nine times out of ten, they're leaving disappointed. Or they join a group that's outside of the church. Like they'll join a neighborhood men's 
club, you know, like my neighborhood has one. Where oh, yeah. Basically, all they do is just get together and drink. Yeah. You know, but it's like or they go to a, a golf club. They do, they're joining clubs in yeah. the community. To, you know well that's why for right there just to make friends you know that's why the and the then they're Masons centered around something is so wildly dumb. popular right right yeah, right exactly i mean we have millions of men in this country that are a part of uh social fraternal organizations right right masons moose elk yep shriners knights yeah. of columbus yeah <laughs> american legion vfw yeah, fraternal everything police, yeah everything is something yeah. where guys just want to have a band of brothers and these organizations that we just listed, they're crushing it. Yeah. They're, they're doing a better job, unfortunately, than most churches. Um, so that's kind of like, well, uh, you know, what do we think most churches don't understand about men? Why do you think it is that churches are so heavily targeting kids, teens, youth, and and women right why are they crushing it when it comes to those ministries yeah that's another good question maybe because that's the biggest demographic of their church maybe i've at least in my experience i've seen more women and heard stories of well my husband doesn't come to church yet but i bring the kids every yeah. sunday you know like i've had family members where the dad didn't go to church for however however long and then the wife you know the mom was bringing the kids for 10 years and then oh did you hear uncle so-and-so went to church today oh that's great you know so it's like that's a very common sure thing that's yeah i'm sure that's i'm not the only person who's experienced that maybe that's why maybe that they're just i don't know dude yeah maybe so they, not they look radar. around they look yeah. around they see women and children so then they think, well, let's yeah. offer them things. Let's offer right. more things instead of thinking, let's go get the men. Right. Why aren't the men here? Yeah. They're just like, well, let's just offer something to this group that is here. And then they'll preach on how the man is the leader of the household, you know. Yeah. To a group of women and kids yeah. where the man isn't there, you know. It's like, how does that make the woman feel? So here's an incredible statistic. This is on our Men's Alliance Instagram, right. by the way. Yeah. Um, and this is found in the book, Take It Back, if you're wondering where these numbers come from. Uh, Take It Back by Dr. Tim Clinton, uh, president of the American Association of Christian Counselors. Um, when a dad comes to Christ first, check this statistic out, right? So when kids come to Christ first, there is a three and a half percent chance that their family will follow them to church. Yeah. When the, when the kids are reached through, through dodgeball and gaga ball and pizza night, yeah. when they reach the teens, there's only a three and a half percent chance that their families will come to church. When the wife comes to Christ, that jumps up to 17% chance, 17% chance that the wife is going to bring her whole family to church with her. Yeah. When the dad comes to Christ first, there is a 93% chance that he will bring his whole family to church. Yeah. And you look at this, 3.5% to 17% to 93%. That's huge. 
this makes me just scratch my head and say, right. why aren't churches putting all that time, effort, energy, and dollars into reaching men? When you think about where are you going to get your bang for your buck, you should go after the men. That's how you put. Yeah, that's how you fill the the pews, right? right? That's how you put butts in seats at at churches. I feel like if churches would swap their strategy, yeah, go after the men, right? Right, fill that men's ministry buffet with as many options as you can. Get the men coming to church. Um that's where they're going to bring their whole family. You, you think of it this way. And I think I've probably said this on the podcast a long time ago, but if you wanted to invite your local high school football team yeah. to your house for a cookout, yeah, would you call the kicker? Would you call the wide receiver? Right. You wouldn't even call the quarterback. Yeah. You're calling the coach. coach. You call the coach. If you want the team, you call the coach. Right. And I think, you know, churches should think in those terms. If you want the, if you want the family, you, you get the dad. Yeah. Right. So even the statistics back that up and I think common sense supports it. Um, I mean, maybe it could be that, and I don't know, I'm not speaking from experience, but maybe they, a pastor would say, well, we've tried and nobody came, Yeah. you know? And so we get, we get way more participation from women's groups. Like I was at a church for a while where they had, something every single day of the week for women yeah it's a different group and they would because maybe they think i don't know the man's working the wife's home twiddling her thumbs doesn't have anything to do all day so like maybe they think it's the 30s or something i don't know but and they were trying to give things for women to do instead of sit home and i know that's not what it's like today but maybe they're just behind the times i don't know yeah so what you're talking about is widely researched and written about there's a great book um called the feminization of american culture yeah um that's by ann douglas yeah um highly recommend it it's a great book um about the church and how the the church and the culture has shifted towards catering to women and children um oftentimes it's tied to the purse strings and uh-huh. and pastors not wanting to offend the person who holds the checkbook and and so it's um it's a great book about what you're talking about the feminization of not just the church but american culture in general so yeah you know we've been discussing this problem uh that shouldn't be news to any any of our listeners right um we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the unique solution that Men's Alliance is bringing to the table to help solve this problem. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Hey guys, Goose here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new tribe launch because it is the first tribe launching in Texas. 
We've been waiting for this for a while. This is going to be Lone Star Tribe. Lone Star Tribe starting out of Savoy, Texas, just north of Dallas, part of the Refuge Church. And it's going to be starting Saturday, the 25th of February. So this Saturday, first Texas Tribe launch. Go to our website, mensalliancetribe.com slash join. Go to the join page, click on the map, and you can find the where, the when, and the contact info for Lone Star Tribe. So Men's Alliance is breaking into Texas. If you live north of Dallas, check that tribe out. And if you're not north of Dallas, hang in there because we're about to start a second one and then a third and a fourth. So Men's Alliance is rolling into Texas. And if you are wanting one and it's not near you, shoot me an email, info at mensalliancetribe.com and we can help you launch one in your area. Okay, so I'm back with Shadow. We're talking about men's ministry in America and what that landscape looks like. And we've been talking about some of the common problems, at least from our perceptions, um, with how churches are trying to reach men or not trying to reach men at all. Yeah. And I want to kind of talk about how what we are bringing, what Men's Alliance is bringing is, is very unique. Uh, to help solve this problem. So one of the one of the things that I've read years ago that helped kind of shape and frame the way I view men's ministry comes from Tony Evans. And he said this, he said that men only like to do things that offer them a possibility of winning. Hmm. <laughs> and and uh, he talked about, you know, like think of like the, uh, the crazy, um, games and competitions they have at a fairground yeah right like shooting the gun throwing the darts hitting the the thing with the hammer right like we like to do those things even if we don't win we like to try because there's a chance we could win right and and i think that's something really interesting about male psychology is we like to do things that offer us a chance to win right and tony evans says that's why men don't like to go to church on sunday morning hmm is because there's zero chance that you can win. <laughs> win anything. He says, all like best, they're just going to beat you up. Yeah, You're going to sit there beside your wife and hear about what a bad person you are and hear about where the standard is in Jesus Christ and how, fall, how short of that you fall. And you're right. going to get elbowed by your wife and you're going to convicted and you're going to get beat up and you're going to walk out of there feeling like you lost. Unless you go on like a Father's Day Sunday. <laughs> And they hand out a ticket where you could win a grill. There you go. Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Most churches don't even do anything no, like that. I Most know. churches, it's Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's Day is a huge thing. Oh, right. Yeah, that's this goes back to point. what we're talking about. Yeah. Huge, it's a huge deal. Thing. Let's Everybody stand up and applaud all the mothers yeah. and give you a flower and a rose. And, right. And then Father's Day. Yeah. All right. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> if you're a father, stand up. All right, sit down and shut up. <laughs> yeah. So Get back to work. So, you know, I've always thought about that by Tony Evans and that part of just male psychology. And I think that's one of the things that men's alliance brings to men's ministry. Yeah. Is we offer a chance for you to win. Right. Like you can you can achieve a call sign. You can achieve a challenge coin. You can achieve a patch. There, there's so many opportunities for winning, right? Yeah. We have fire chief, devotion chief, workout chief, yeah. tribe leader. Um, there's just a lot of 
chances, even, even let's face it. Even when we're doing the workout, <laughs> we all know we, we, nobody's keeping score, but you're kind of keeping score. Somebody's keeping score. You know, I'm dang not. well, yeah. you know, dang well that pops did a lot more burpees than you did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's even that, there's like yeah. that opportunity to let's, let's call it what it is. It's winning. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what iron sharpening iron looks like. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Right. Competition's not a bad thing. Right. Right. Like healthy, Americans are suddenly starting to believe. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. it's not. No, it true. sharpens us. It right. pushes us. Right. So that's something that Tony Evans has said that I totally agree with. I see it happening Sunday mornings in the pews. And I think that's a thing that men's Alliance um, does attract men to is we give you an opportunity to excel. So what else, Shadow, do you think uh, we talk about Men's Alliance bringing to men's ministry in this country? What 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 does Men's Alliance bring that's, that's otherwise missing from the way churches do men's ministry? The biggest thing for me that I, that I personally love about Men's Alliance doesn't necessarily happen outside the, I mean, inside the fire, like mm-hmm. when it's, when you're meeting your weekly tribe. It's everything that happens outside of the weekly meeting like getting together with coffee for a friend or go into a Friday night at a local restaurant, you know, hanging out with a bunch of dudes sitting around a fire at somebody's house, just hanging out, throwing axes at Thor's house, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's what I, and it all, but it all is centered around the weekly meeting. Like none of that would happen. That's right. It wouldn't happen out the week, you know, without your weekly tribe meeting. Yeah. So it's like, that's like the meat, you know, is the weekly tribe, but everything mm-hmm. else is like all the sides, yeah, and dessert and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So no, that's so good. I, that's you're 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 spot on. Like yeah. the the weekly tribe gathering is like a jumping off point, right, for all these other cool things that happen. Yeah. You, t- you think back to like um, if you played um, high school football, yeah, or a high school sport, um, you went out on friday nights right you'd go out with the team you'd go yeah. over to somebody's house for a cookout yeah you'd all go out um and that was where that's where it became fun yeah and that's where you really became buddies right you didn't become best friends at football practice you became yeah. best friends when you went out afterwards but you right. would never have gone out afterwards yeah if you hadn't ran together that's where you're and making done that the, bond done the know? up downs right. and yeah. done the suicides up enough field and stuff so yeah you've got to have that and then right you clean up and you go out and you get together with the families because that's where you create things that you have in common you know and that's how friendships are born you know by having something in common with somebody else and the thing you have in common is oh yeah remember when we did that workout in september in the pouring down rain like yeah you were there i was there that sucked yeah now we're hanging out (laughs) so i think you know as I've talked to, and I was thinking about this right before we started recording, how many pastors have I talked to about Men's Alliance? Um, it's probably around 40 to 50. Yeah. Like one-on-one conversations that I've had with pastors, whether on the phone, on Zoom, in person. I've probably talked to about 40 to 50 pastors about their men's ministry at their church and about Men's Alliance. We're at like 31 tribes right now. And one of the things that I get a lot is a lot of pastors, not all of them, mm-hmm. but a lot of the pastors genuinely cannot comprehend that men's alliance will be popular. Same. They don't get it. And they're saying, I don't, 
I don't understand who this appeals to. Yeah. I don't understand why anybody would want to go out in the freezing cold. Yeah. We've got tribes in Canada and Alaska. Yeah. And Ohio. Um, Indiana, Pennsylvania. We got some northern latitude tribes and pastors are saying, I don't understand why anybody would want to go outside in the cold and the dark in the winter and flip tires. Yep. Right. And when I hear that, there's there's really nothing I can say. Because yeah. if you don't get it, you don't get you don't it. Don't get it. Yep. I've been in the same boat. I've been trying to preach men's alliance to the same couple guys for a while, and they're just I don't know whether it's because it wasn't their idea they don't want to do anything about it or it's because they just don't think it'll work. Uh, ignorance is bliss, maybe. Like, they don't want to know anything about it. It's like I send videos and, you know, and the commercials. You're talking make, about to try to get a guy to come or to a pastor? To, to a pastor. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. Get, like, you need this at your church. Like, right. Do this, and it's like, you know, I nah, think we about have it. a good thing going. I, I created a, yeah, yeah. a Bible study that the guys really like. It's like. We all meet okay. at Panera. Yeah. We get coffee cake. It's like, do you not want to do it just because yeah. you, you didn't think of it? Is like, is it, is that why? You know, that's or such a say, great not my point speed, to know? pastors that you know. If you're if you're listening to this church staff member, I would just encourage you. You don't. If you were starting a restaurant, if no. you were opening a buffet restaurant, you wouldn't put only things on the buffet that you like to eat personally. Yeah. Right. I hope that you would be business savvy enough to know that while I don't care for this thing. I know that other people do, so I'm going to put it on the buffet. Right. Right. But I think sometimes when it comes to men's ministry at churches, pastors go, well, I don't like that right. thing, so it's not on our buffet. It's like Joe Dirt. It's not what you like. <laughs> it's about the consumer. <laughs> when he's talking about fireworks. Just yeah. not enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fireworks. Well, I only, yeah. I only, I only like, like the whisper news yeah. or whatever. He's like, it's not what you like. It's about the consumer. <laughs> we need a lot more Joe Dirt yes, quotes do. on the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to share this with you guys. If you've never heard of Ernest Shackleton, by the way, uh, you're missing out in life and you need to go read um, the book called Endurance um, about Ernest Shackleton's um, voyage to Antarctica. Oh, and his his ship was named the Endurance. It was a wooden ship and it was um, pinned in by ice. This is not a spoiler alert. This is on the back book jacket. Um, his, <laughs> his, his, um, his ship actually got pinned in by ice. It, got, it wound up getting crushed by ice. Wow. All the men had to grab all their supplies, get off the boat, and they're standing on icebergs. Wow. And it's about their struggle to stay alive. I mean, hunting penguins. Really? Yeah. Sh jumping from one ice flow to the next um, and trying to make their way uh, to the nearest um, life station. That's so going to be a great movie. One phenomenal day. book. Everybody needs to needs to read it. <laughs> You need to read it, Shadow. You don't wait for the <laughs> it's movie. It's going to make a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Ernest Shackleton in a nutshell. Read the book, Endurance. Um, and so I'm going to share with you something that is legendary. This is absolutely legendary. Um, maybe part myth, little legend in there. I'll let, I'll let you uh, historians out there <clears throat> dig this up for yourselves. But there's a very famous story. Um, about an ad that Shackleton placed in the London Times newspaper. Um, and according to legend, this is what his ad said. For he was putting together the crew. Um, this was early 1900s. The um, expedition began in 1914. 
Um, and this was his ad, according to legend in the London newspaper. It says, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Dude, that's and, awful. And according to the story, the next day he had 5,000 men responding to this ad. Oh my gosh. And so... Why do you think that is? The same reason why men are flipping tires at Wolf Tribe and Arctic Tribe and Hoosier Tribe yeah. and Stefano Tribe, Iron Tribe, Lion Tribe, right? Because we want to do things that we have at least a chance of winning at. Yeah. And men want hard to do things. hard things. That's yeah. right. We want to do hard stuff. I say, that sounds like a Marine Corps ad. Yeah. We want to test ourselves <laughs> and see if we can do it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I went to um, Charlie Tribe, um, I think it was December, a couple months ago, can't remember, but it was one of the, the nastiest nights where it's like 30 degrees and raining, you know, just disgusting. Yeah. I'd rather be out there in zero degrees and snow oh, right. than 30 and rain. Yeah. And it was just nasty. And you're thinking to yourself as you're driving there, man, I hope somebody's here. I hope I'm not yeah. the only guy. Well, there are 17 guys. Yeah, I was there that Roaring night. fire. Yeah. We're just, and I think that speaks to this. That's yeah. the male psychology of when the weather's the worst, there's no chance I'm skipping. Yeah. I like, think men want to know what they're made of. That's right. You know, and they want to show up and if to you show don't, that you they're there. Right. You're there to say that you're there. Right. Like I showed up. Yeah. If that that's enough. You know, I was like, I was here, you weren't. You know, yeah. Don't talk to me about how many push ups you can do. I did two push ups, <laughs> but I was there. Yeah, you did it when it was yeah. sixty seven degrees. That's called grit. <laughs> right. That's right. And that to me is the most important part about what's missing from yeah. men's ministry in America. One of the things, you know, our motto, tribal, rugged, real, this is the rugged part. Comfort doesn't equal happiness. Right. If comfort equaled happiness, we wouldn't have an epidemic of depression in this country because yeah. we're all super comfortable. And churches do a phenomenal job of keeping us comfortable. Yeah. Um, they spend hundreds of thousands on commercial um, HVAC units. Yeah. Right. We all are 70 degrees in there year round. Oh, yeah. They've got excellent chairs. It's great. Cushioned seats. Yeah. They've got great coffee. Yep. They know how to keep us comfy. Yep. And for some reason, the men still ain't there. Yeah. Right. So Men's Alliance is trying something new. It's adding something different to the buffet. Right. Okay. You don't want to be in here comfortable? Yeah. Cool. We'll be outside. Sitting on a stump. <laughs> sitting sitting on a no wooden production. bench. We're yeah. going to sit on a wooden bench. No production. No AC. Yeah. No coffee. Yeah. A We're bench gonna, if you're lucky. I mean, a lot yeah. of tribes are meeting right now. They haven't done benches They haven't built yet. the benches yet. Yeah. yeah. Standing so, around, sitting in a bag chair, yeah. sit on the ground. Yeah. And, um... And we're going to flip tires and swing hammers together. And believe it or not. Not even that. We're going to low crawl in a puddle. That sucks. That's one of the most important men's alliance workouts, by the way. Quick, quick aside, since you brought that up. <laughs> if you're in a men's alliance tribe, if you have not yet crawled underneath, underneath tribe, all your benches. Yeah. If you haven't crawled while pushing and dragging a hundred pound sandbag. Yeah. 
you're you're really missing out on an essential element yeah. of men's alliance. That is the grittiest workout. Yeah. Maybe you can even put your benches on a hill and crawl uphill with a yeah. hundred pound sandbag. But I think that it if Ernest Shackleton today were recruiting men for his Antarctic expedition, yeah, he would get the same men that respond to his ad as are at men's alliance fires every week like we're yeah. we're those men yeah. we're the five thousand men that when we read that ad we're like dude sign me up yeah this sounds awesome and those men were there in 1914 and they're here in 2023 and whether pastors get it or not right. it really doesn't matter right we get it yep because that's us and we're bringing it yep yeah sometimes i like to think of men's alliance as you know like you had your different tables at school you know you had the different group the cool table oh yeah the, the jock table whatever yeah. it's like where men's alliance is the table that is almost invite only down in the basement next to the janitor's closet <laughs> smoking cigars and drinking whiskey <laughs> you know it's like if you know you know and yeah. we all laugh at the guys upstairs who think they're sitting at the cool table. Yeah. You know? It's like, we get it. We know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, a sense of belonging. Yeah. Right. Like you're talking about those tables. I think a lot of guys in men's alliance, we weren't at the cool table. Right. We weren't at the jock table. Right. It took us till we were in our. We were at the chess table. It took us till we were in our 30s or 40s yeah. or 50s or 60s before we found our table yeah. and it wasn't inside at all. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. It, it was outside. Yeah. Right. So the last thing I wanted to just talk about is what we're bringing. Yeah. What, what it is that we're bringing, because I think we've definitely cracked the code as a men's ministry on reaching men. Mm -hmm. We're, we're launching tribes. We're, we're filling tribes with men every week in all weather we're working out, we're having devotions together, but it's not just about that. That's not the end game. Right. So I want to talk about that training that yeah. I started off by saying I came from this morning where we were doing patch class training. Right. And one of the things that I hear all the time after we do a training is guys who have been in church their whole life. They grew up in church and then they come to our patch class our patch training and they say, how is it? I've never learned that before. Yeah. Why have I never been taught that? Why have I never been trained on that? I've been going to church, you know, and I, I'm yeah. smiling, I'm nodding, I'm right there with them. I'm like, I was the same way. Yeah. I grew up going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night until I was 18 and left the house. Yeah. And I never knew how to answer simple questions about what I believed and why. Yeah. And what is the evidence that exists for the resurrection? Right. Right. And just simple things like that. What makes Christianity different from other world religions? How do you know that there are not multiple paths to God and Christianity is just one of them? All those types of questions. I grew up in church. Most of us did. And we weren't trained on how to answer those. That's where men's alliance is unique because that's exactly what we're doing. And we are training men how to answer those so that they can be ambassadors mostly to their families. Yeah. That's the number one place that 
my desire is to train men to be ambassadors to their kids, right? right? Because it's when the dads don't have these answers right. that the kids, as soon as they come home from their freshman literature class at right. state university, whatever, yeah. they're coming home and they're saying, hey, dad, I'm not a Christian anymore. And the dad is just, you know, befuddled. Yeah. He's yeah. knocked over and he has no idea how to respond. And, and that's what we're doing is we're providing that training that somehow the churches were busy doing other good things, yeah. but they weren't training us on how to articulate what we believe and why. How old were you when, when you found out what apologetic, apologetics was? It Had was you, uh, seven, well, I knew what it was. You've always known apologetics. Oh, okay. So knew what it was. Yeah. Like the word. Dude, I didn't know what apologetic was, honestly, like I think till I met you. Like, what's apologetics? Yeah. I knew what it was, but I had no interest in it. Yeah. So you grew I, up knowing what I, it was. Yeah, I, I grew up knowing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I learned at some early age, probably as a teenager or something. Yeah. But um I didn't really have any passion to learn it. Right. It sounded very academic. Yeah. And argumentative. Yeah. And but I do know exactly when it was six years ago. Uh, so I was 38. Yeah. Um, I was either 37 or 38 when I got into a group where a guy was teaching us this. Right. And that's when it just became so obvious that I didn't know what I was, I didn't know how to yeah. articulate what I believed or why. Yeah. And, and that was when I started realizing like, man, I gotta, I gotta be able to lead my kids. Yeah you know, to, to a better place. I don't want them to be eaten by the wolves yeah. of this world that say, you don't really believe the fairy tales in the Bible, do you? And then they just melt yeah. and they just wither in embarrassment and cringe and say, oh, I guess there's no God. Right. Right. Cause there's evil in the world. So there must not be a God. Yeah. I think there's a lot of dudes like me who did, don't even know what ap apologetics is. Yeah. And I try to not <laughs> use that word. I yeah, try not to no, use you that don't. word in anything yeah. men's alliance. You right. know, apologetics, uh, you know, is from the uh, Greek word apologia, which is yeah. found in Acts 17, right? Yeah. And it it doesn't mean apologizing. Um, right. It's a legal term for making a defense in, okay. in a court. Yeah. Right. So in Acts 17, Paul is talking on the Acropolis yeah. in Greece. The Acropolis is um, it's just a natural rock yeah. formation that... And, and I've been there. And when you're standing there, you can see how if you had a big group of people standing around right here talking and somebody had something important to say, you would say, dude, get up there on that rock. Yeah. So everybody can hear you. That's the Acropolis. <clears throat> right. And so he, he climbs up there and that's where he gives the gospel in Acts 17. Yeah. But that's also the location. The Acropolis is the location of the world's first murder trial yeah. in a courtroom. Right. It's outdoors, but this it's here. So it's a legal right. setting. It's like they were in a courtroom. And this is where he's making the case for what he believes and why. He's basically presenting the logical reasoning behind Christianity. Yeah. Um, evidence for the resurrection. He's presenting it to the the Greeks of Athens. Yeah. That's where we get the word. Right. And that's what we're doing yeah. in men's alliance patch class training is we're training men how to get up there on that rock right and and explain what they believe and why and not say 
oh, I just, I just feel it. Right. Right. I just felt it. I was at summer camp and I just had this, this feeling and I just knew because that may be a true statement for you. Right. But guess who else says that? Right. Everybody. Yeah. Muslims, Mormons. So now you're just, you got your feeling, they got theirs and, and nobody can move forward with that. And so, you know, it's one of my desires to help men, uh, help tribesmen to understand that Christianity is, um, it's not based on feelings, right? It's based on evidence. It's based on a historical event that happened in the spring of 8033. Right. Right. And, and we have multiple early eyewitness recorded accounts of it. Yeah. And so Christianity is very different from other religions in that aspect. And that's the kind of thing that unfortunately is missing that kind of training, that kind of teaching, that kind of preparation is missing from a lot of uh, what churches are offering, mm-hmm. right? I grew up in church and I was always playing games. It's always dodgeball. Around here, it's gaga ball. Yeah. Didn't know what the heck that was till we moved here. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> you know, it's like putting everybody's, you know, doing something ridiculous. They're like licking whipped cream off of, you know, somebody's armpit and trying to eat a donut tied to a string. And, and, and I get that you've got to be a little bit fun to get people. I get that psychology behind what youth directors are doing, but kids have deep, serious questions. And it's kind of insulting to our kids to think that they can handle AP chemistry yeah. And AP biology, and we're preparing them for their SATs. But when it comes to Christianity, we say, oh, they're not interested in apologetics. Let's just play games. Bull crap. They're very interested in apologetics and they got yeah. a ton of questions. And if we don't give them the answers as their dads, then they're going to think there are no answers. Yeah. So if you gave them the choice to not be interested in, calculus they wouldn't be exactly <laughs> right you know exactly it's like they're not interested in calculus either but what it's if required. our school teachers said that yeah. yeah well they're just not interested so we play games <laughs> right yeah exactly so i think we get it when it comes to their their school academics but then it suddenly at church we just dumb it down yep it's true so bad and so you know i think that the word training is a word we use an awful lot at men's alliance yeah and it's Unfortunately, it's not a word you hear very often in church. Right. Churches yeah. are are mostly becoming seeker churches, right? Right. Bringing people in, making non-Christians feel welcomed, which is great. Yeah. Bringing a lot of people in, putting on a great five-star production. Right. Very comfortable, great music, great coffee. Um and then when it comes to any kind of training, most churches are punting uh, to the small group. They're saying, Oh, well, that's the small group. That's your next step is getting to the small group. And you and I, we were talking earlier before we were recording about, well, I've been in a ton of small groups, yeah. uh, in different States and everywhere we've lived. I've been in a lot of small groups that I wasn't being trained on anything. Right. Right. It was a social thing. I was in somebody's living room, having coffee cake and pretending I read the chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. And, Patch class isn't like what I liked about it. It isn't some advanced class that you needed prerequisites, you know, to to join. It's a basic, it's apologetics 101, you know, basic 
information on how to defend your faith. So don't think, you know, don't let signing up, don't let anything stop you from signing up if the reason is, well, I'm going to be the only one who doesn't know anything. You're going to be with a bunch of other guys who don't know anything else either. And you're going to learn these basic fundamental tactics on how to defend your faith. It's basically a, you know, ABC on how to answer these popular questions that you might be, you know, confronted with. And then it all accumulates into this, what we call now the FTX field training exercise where you, everybody gets to come together and put everything you've learned into practice. And it's fun. I mean, you're making awesome memories with everybody that you've gone through class with and something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And it's so, an overnight event. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just throw okay. that in. Are we saying that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome and it gets better by the day. So, uh, don't let thinking, Oh, I don't know anything or I don't know enough, or I don't think it's important or it's going to be too hard. It's no, it's basic stuff that every, every man should know. And yeah, it's awesome. That's what I feel too. It's basic. And every, every man should know it. Every Christian man needs to be able to explain to somebody yeah. why he believes what he does, right? right? What does a Christian believe and why? Yeah. Right. So that we can just lead our families, our, our wives, our yeah. kids, um, and it, our communities. Right. It needs to be more than a heart knowledge. You know, I yeah. think that was what I was preached growing up to, you know, hide these things in your heart, mm. you know, and that's what I, well, you know, that's what I believe. It, but it also needs to be a head knowledge. It's, you know, yeah. it can't just be a head knowledge because there's a lot of people that know mm -hmm. a lot about Christianity that aren't Christians. Yep. You know, that's and right. There's a lot of people. Who are Christians that don't know anything about Christianity? Yeah, you and know? you know what? That that whole hide it. Yeah, right? it shouldn't be hidden anywhere. Right, right. We're supposed to be like the city on the hill. Yeah, and and I think to that point, a lot of men are scared to death to open their mouth about their faith, whether they're at work, yeah, or they're at their in laws' dinner table, right? Because they are afraid, and I this was me for years at work. Yeah. Um, I was afraid that somebody would say something to me. They would be smarter than me and they would say something to make me look foolish yeah. or ask me something I couldn't answer and I would look foolish. Right. And so I think men, we keep our mouth shut. We stay on the sideline because we don't want to look dumb. And hopefully what the patch class does for most men is it gives them enough ammo yeah. to stand up and go right. toe to toe yeah. with anybody in any conversation yeah. confidently and articulately as an ambassador, right? right? It's not like a, it's not like, um, adversarially, yeah. right? It's not us against them. It's like we come alongside of them right? and, and we stand shoulder to shoulder with them and we are able to, as an ambassador, talk about our kingdom yeah. and explain it to a, to a foreigner. And I was able to put the things that I learned in patch class. It's like, you don't think you may not think you fall in these situations where you're going to have to defend your faith. But once you know things, you are able to recognize these situations like so much more. And I was at a barbecue with, you know, people that I moved away from, but you know, for like 10 years and some of them are like starting to deconstruct their faith. It had mm -hmm. just the, most recent thing was uh like a primary school shooting or something so yeah. the 
topic came up like why would god let that happen oh yeah that's a big one and it's like that's that's kind of what where things were going in gun control and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and my friends know who i am that you know i was you know prior military you know guns yada yada and i was able to bring up things and say certain statements that really made them think you know like yeah that's a good point you know why god would let things happen yeah or this and that and i got feedback you know he was like you know i didn't expect you to from one of my friends he was like i didn't expect you to you know to handle it the way you did because i wasn't offensive yeah you know i wasn't like as far as yeah truth is offensive but i wasn't being like arrogant and right like argumentative I right guess. you know what i mean right. so i was able to come up with my thoughts in a you know educated way mm-hmm. and I got good feet. They were like, yeah, I never thought of it like that. Like yeah. something I would say, and they would just shake their head. And I, they were like, hmm, you know, I didn't think of yeah. it that way. So, and I wouldn't be able to do that without the patch class, you know. Man, that is so, so awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the if God, why evil, that's a big one. Right. That's a big one for a lot of people. And yeah. as Christians who are called to represent their kingdom, yep. we should be prepared yeah. with, with a response for that. So. And I appreciate you sharing that story. And, you know, we've we've covered some ground today about the landscape of men's ministry in this country and what it's missing yeah. and what Men's Alliance brings. And I hope that if you're listening to this and um, you're, you're considering even bringing a Men's Alliance to your area, do it um, yeah. because it's going to it's going to change lives for Christ. It's going to bring men closer to God, no doubt about it. And it's going to train them. It's going to train them. There's that word, right? How to lead their families spiritually. So I I've loved doing it. It's been a blast and uh, seen a lot of great fruit from it. And um, it's just something that we, we believe in strongly here. We want to share with you. Last thing guys is we're going to be at the ignite men's conference, March 10th and 11th in Lynchburg, Virginia. If you live anywhere near Lynchburg, if you can get there, uh, do it. We'd love to meet you. We'll have a booth there uh, inside. We'll have our trailer there outside. We'll be doing a workout yeah. Saturday morning at 8 a.m. in the parking lot. We're going to be leading the Men's Alliance workout and devotion. We've got a breakout session. You can find us at our booth. Uh, if you're listening to this, please find us. Uh, we'd love to meet you. And uh, we, we have a tribe launch event planned that we can tell you about then. It's yeah. going to be in April. It's our desire to equip you how to lead, launch, sustain a tribe in your area. So if you're at the Ignite Conference, March 10th and 11th, we'd love to meet you. If you're in or near Savoy, Texas, check that out, February 25th. God's doing great things in and through Men's Alliance, and we look forward to seeing you guys around the fire soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.